ESPN's The Far Post podcast. The Matildas' year is done and they've capped off 2022 in style with a win 2 0 over Thailand on the Central Coast. It was hashtag gossy good times. I just, I love using that as often as I can, to be honest with you, friends. So we had two goals one from Sam Kerr, as she does, and one from Hayley Rousey, which was really well taken. So we end the year on a really positive note overall, which is very nice considering how we started this year. But um, lots to talk about for this game, so we will crack into it. Um, before we begin, though, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For today's episode, you have me, Marissa Lordanik, Anna Harrington, and Angela Christian-Wilkes. So, like I said, girlies, 2-0 win. Feeling good, feeling fine. Um, four wins on the trot, two clean sheets on the trot, lots of mm. positive numbers, 13 goals in the last four games, scored only two conceded. Like everything feels kind of positive, which is a nice change of pace. How are you guys feeling about everything? Feeling pretty good. Um, feeling a lot better than I was watching the first half of that game the other night where I was watching it with Angela, my partner, Paola, and friend of the pod, Tom. Paula is also a friend of the pod. Um, yeah, I was just about ready to throw things through the TV when all, all the misses kept happening again and again and again and again. It was it was incredibly frustrating. Um, but um, I think credit to the Matildas as they worked their way through it. As you mentioned, Sam Kerr scored. Hayley Razzo scored another. And I think she's probably deserved a few this window. The post, what's the go? You're not meant to line it up. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, it, it, you can't not be positive about it, though. I think everyone would agree. The Matildas probably could have put about five past Thailand in the opening 15 minutes. Like, they were electric. Um, and that's really exciting. And that's, I think, what we want to see more of because we saw in the Asian Cup at the start of the year how much or how difficult it can be to break down teams that sit deep and, you know, are disciplined, which Thailand are. And they're, they're, they're not a bad team. Like, they can be really effective on the counter. We've seen it in games against the Matildas before where they've been really threatening and pulled off some really nice finishes. And they threatened to do that a couple of times. It was very rare in this game. But, yeah, they found a way through the Matildas. Um, as I said, they're going behind a lot and should have scored that Sam Kirby. She would, if she didn't score another one later on, she would have been reliving for ages. And, yeah, Razzo had a couple. There was a, yeah, there was a few chances. Anyway, I digress. But it was really pleasing to see the way they were able to do that. Um, obviously, the sting sort of came out after that first 15 minutes and, Thailand just really, really did hold firm um, as much as the Matildas dominated. But the difference between this game and maybe some others is they found a way to break through, obviously. Um, Sam Kerr um, with that header. And then the Razo goal on the counter was really lovely, I thought. Um, so, yeah, you, you can't not be happy with a, a positive end to the year. I mean, they would have been a bit knackered as well <laughs> just days after that Sweden game. As much as, you know, you trying to temper expectations and not go over the top and not read too much into it, those sorts of things, you would have been absolutely ecstatic as a playing group, a 4-0 win over the world number two, got up to the Central Coast and you still get the job done. Um, I think, you know, they're the sort of games that you want to turn into a 5-0 or a 6-0 if you're in major tournaments, right, and you get those opportunities. But, you know, four points, sorry, four points. I'm thinking about the footy pod, Marissa, and we're in finals in that one too. I've had a very early start today, gang. Um, but, like, a win is a win, right? Like, you take that, job done, as you say, Marissa, clean sheet. Yeah, it's 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 exciting time and I think a really good way to, to I guess, round out the year. Like, just 
didn't drop. I know that Tony said in the pre-match press that they couldn't get complacent and I didn't sense any complacency at all. If anything, it was ruthless from the absolute start and it was just poor finishing that really, you know, cost the Matildas a bigger win than they had. So now they get sort of three months away from each other, which I imagine will be quite nice and they'll be excited to get back together again in February. But yeah, really nice little exclamation mark on on the year. Yeah, uh, Tom and I watched the mini match earlier today and counted like how many kind of, I guess sitter is very subjective, but we counted five in that first half where it was like you expected them to go in and you could tell, yeah, that that kind of posture from Sam when she did score, that relief of being able to get the goal in the back of the net because she was obviously fuming at herself for missing um, a couple of those chances. But, yeah, and I think, yeah, credit to Thailand. Like we knew that they were going to play this way. I thought that their keeper, Boon Singh, was great and her positioning was like, Oh, I was about to say on point. And then I was like, am I a 15 year old girl? And I was like, actually like spiritually, I think I am. So what about, yeah, her position was on point and she did really well to like stifle the ball. Like, yeah. So double thumbs up there. Yeah. I, but yeah, I was quite impressed, but yeah, the finishing, the lack, I don't know what it is. Like the, the, the lack of, is it the lack of pressure? Is it the friendly environment? Is it opposition like I'm not too sure where that comes from because as we saw in the Sweden game like we can convert and we can create really exciting goals but maybe I guess the the kind of uh the kind of goals that the two games had were a little bit different or the kind of opportunities rather I should say um so perhaps it it, it is that whole you know finishing off the easy chances is actually a whole lot harder than it looks and um so I'd, I don't want to be too critical critical because it's it is a tricky thing sometimes to just get the right angle and get the right weight on the end of a pass um and to convert something that looks really easy anyway I digress positive I think it was yeah it was positive um and as you say Anna a win's a win and like we have not had too many wins this year or as many wins as we would like this year so to finish on this note it's great um I'm very happy with it and but I do I will say so that um first half in the game when there was that shot from Thailand that kind of like sailed past the left corner of the goal I did have like slight flashbacks to like the Korea game um earlier in the year at the Asian Cup it was just like no <laughs> no like we we had every opportunity we were on top I was like please no please no please no please no um, but thankfully it wasn't, it was no. So it's good, um, that we were able to also clean sheet as well. It's all good. I don't know. I just, uh, rambling at this point. Harry? I mean, for me, it just cemented further that what we saw in the Sweden, it was the same starting 11. Um, but what we saw, and I'm really going to home in on the first half here because after halftime, let's be honest, like rang in the changes and it was, but Emily Van Egmond's lovely assist for Hayley Razzo, and she's done that twice in two games, come off the bench, had an assist. Don't want to say we thought this might be a good thing that could happen, but we did. Um, yeah, that was pleasing. But otherwise, it sort of rang in the changes and it became a bit of a chaos game, like players moved around different positions. We saw uh, Nevin and Catley swap and swap back again, and we saw Larissa Cromer play about three different positions. It was just... Just chaotic. Um, so I, I felt like there wasn't a whole lot you could actually read into that um, after probably the second goal. So I just think that front four works so well. I thought Courtney Vine was really good early at getting in behind and really deserved an assist. Like just the way she was able to 
break and get really wide right on the touchline. Um, really impressive. And Hayley Razo can do the same thing on the other flank. They like they're both a fantastic to have. And then we know obviously what what Ford and Kerr can do, and, and I think that works really well. Um, the midfield pairing, I think, stood out again. Um, I think Katrina Gore had the assist for Sam Kerr's goal. Wasn't sure how much Sam Kerr, we were talking about this when we were watching it, how much Sam Kerr knew about it, but I think she did go for the flick header and then was like, oh, I actually connected. Like, I think maybe she was expecting it would drop over her or something, but she did manage to connect. And that's that's what you get for backing yourself and, you know, rolling the dice a bit, right? Like um, sometimes they just go in when you don't expect. Um, so she was she was buzzing. But, yeah, anyway, I thought I think that midfield pairing works really well um, with – with Kearney Cross and Gorey, uh, it's interesting, actually, I was talking to Katrina Gorey at the LA Women's Season launch, and she just waxed lyrical about Cara Kearney Cross, about um, feels like they complement each other really well. Um, she told me she, she thinks she's one of the the best midfielders in Australia, which, I mean, I guess she has to be. She's playing, <laughs> playing in the Matildas. Um, she loves that burst of acceleration she's got and that drive and um, I was saying to her, but like they've both got a little bit of an angry streak. And she was saying that, you know, when they've played against each other in the past, that's kind of been the thing. They've been quite combative with each other, but they really enjoy playing together, which for me is a really positive thing. Um, I think that's been a real thing that's come out of these two games is seeing how the midfield can click in different ways. And when you know you've got like um, Alex Chidiak waiting the wings, Emily Van Egmond you can call upon. I think, as we've said, it's going to be more often maybe as a substitute now, but it's a very handy substitute to have come on and maybe be able to play a killer ball when you know players are getting tired and those sorts of things and obviously Marissa I can't believe you didn't leave with it but at least Callum Knight came off the bench for her return game and I mean you didn't expect her to do a heap and it was just her getting the feel for it again but it was just fantastic like it, it again it adds to those that midfield depth those midfield stocks but I think Marissa you should touch on it because you were would have been buzzing. I was buzzing. Um, I when I was tweeting, just guys, guys, that's genuine. Like my face looked like the little tears welling up emoji. Like I was very emotional, and I was so stoked for her, and just her face, like the joy on her face, was just so apparent, so obvious. Um. 979 days ended up being the final count between Matilda's appearances, which is insane. Like, that's almost a 1,000 days. It's unbelievable how long it has taken her to get back to this point. But um, throughout the entire camp, throughout the entire window, she's just said, I'm so stoked to be back. I'm so happy to be back amongst the team in the environment. So I can imagine that those final few minutes were more of cherry on top than anything else for her um and Tony as well was so um very proud dad energy from him talking about you know knowing how hard she's worked to get back to this point um he was really stoked for her so it was just the best moment on a night of really good moments as well like um maybe a a few more goals would have been great but in terms of like warm fuzzy feeling factor this game had plenty so KK's return obviously fantastic Claire Pockinghorn uh racking up the 151st appearance so she's now equal with Cheryl Salisbury for the all-time Australian international appearance record which is insane and as we spoke a little bit um last pod Polks hates the attention which 
makes it better, like you want to embarrass her because she deserves these plaudits. Like she absolutely deserves to be in the same conversation as a Cheryl Salisbury, but absolutely hates that attention. So um, it was awesome to see everyone get around her. And obviously we had a debut, a Matilda named Matilda. The prophecy has been fulfilled. Um, so it was a big congratulations to Matilda McNamara as well. But um, similarly to KK, didn't see much of her, but I'm sure she would have absolutely loved that she has now gotten an appearance after a fair few call-ups into uh, camps over the course of this year. So, um, yeah, basically too long, didn't read. Would have liked more goals, but there was plenty of warm, fuzzy stories to make up for it in a weird kind of way. And they look like they're having a good old time on the Central Coast as well. They look to be enjoying themselves. For Tuesday night, it was a decent turnout as well. 11,000 gossy good times. Here we go. You're a fan of that phrase, Marissa. But actually, yeah, as you say, it's it's all good stuff. Like, that's what we like to see. It was good to see Alex Chidiak get back on the pitch after that knock. Um, I think she's going to be right to start again in the A-League women this weekend. And she'll probably be playing a fair bit with um, Elise Kellen-Knight. Um, and just because we are, you know, we're going to start seeing players really start to push their case. I think that's what excites me now is we're um, going to have, I think, was it three months between Matilda's camps? And it's timed perfectly. If you are an A-League women's player, Now's your time to put your name up in lights. Look what Courtney Vine did last season. Holly McNamara is another example. Alex Chidiak um, played her way. Um, she actually said that to me. She basically played her way into the Matildas again, right? So it's a really exciting time. I think that's what we can take out of it. Um, I know some players are in their off-season, like Katrina Gorey is going to take a, about a month off at the start of the, the dub season just to get a break. We know that other players based in Europe had that break in, in June, that June-July time. Uh, I think Kara Cooney Cross and Courtney Nevin might also be taking a break. Like not everyone that's playing in Sweden is or played in the US necessarily is coming back. I think Emily Van Egmont might be taking a break as well. So there's a, you know, we're going to see like some other players will get the chance to to put their hand up. Whereas for like the Legazos and KKs of the world, game time, game time, game time, right? Like, so it's it's an exciting position to be in. Um, coming off four wins, some players will go straight back to club. Like, you know, your forwards, Kurz, Catleaf. Um, and those going into the A-League women. And hopefully we'll get to see a lot of players put in some really good form without the pressure and, you know, the travel of having to nip overseas for some camps in the meantime. So, yeah, it's it's a nice note to sort of end the, the year on from Matilda's perspective. I suppose, speaking of it's the end of the year for the Matildas, um, 2022 was interesting overall. Um Obviously, we were discussing it very briefly pre-record that it felt wild to think about the fact that the Asian Cup was this year. Like, that feels like it was so long ago, um, but it was only earlier this year. So I suppose don't have to get too expansive with it, but obviously it was a a better year. Um, There were, were definitely more wins compared to Tony's first year in charge, but there was definitely um some low lows and some high highs in amongst that so keen on both of your thoughts just like a very quick general reaction to how 20 how did you see 2022 for the Matildas are you happy with where things are all things considered yeah I I think we've we've definitely seen yeah, if you told me at the start of the year that I would be feeling this positive at the end of the year I'd be like yeah joking like We've talked about it. The vibes were answered after the Asian Cup, um, and it was it didn't feel hopeless, but it was very much like 
there was uncertainty around the viability of the Matildas, I guess, and, and Tony's job as well. And there's been a lot of discussions around that, but it's, I think it's, yeah, great that we're coming out the other side of that and it feels consistent and it also feels like um, the kind of results in between. It hasn't just been, it doesn't feel like a false dawn is what I'm trying to say. Like in terms of like, for example, we had that, um, the Canada friendlies weren't fantastic, but we did see that that great half of football and then that we, they've been able to back that up um, since. And so there has been progression and that's the main thing, I think. Um, but also in terms of the players that have come from this year as well, Courtney Vine is an absolute standout for me. Um, and in terms of like her going from the Asian Cup to where she is now, it just it just makes sense. It just makes sense. Um, and I'm trying to think, yeah, similarly, Gori, Gori has like, that's been a fantastic narrative for this team. So yeah, there's, what's, it's been emotional, but um, I'm feeling quietly positive at this point in time. I think I agree completely with you there, Angela. If you told me as well, like after that Asian Cup exit or after, um, I don't know, maybe the Canada friendlies that I'd be feeling this positive, then I'd be like, what happened? <laughs> Tell me. Um, but yeah, especially after that Sweden result, you can't not be positive. Um, I think it's the the genuine sense of development that has really helped. Um, if the feeling that I think a lot of people got that feeling of, maybe vindication or not so much vindication, but we're pleased to see that not only did say Katrina Gore and Kara Cooney cross work in that last round of friendlies, it got, they got stuck with, like, I feel like people were querying, oh, are we just going to see the same players rolled out? And then, you know, saying Emily Van Eekbon's unavailable this window, but she'll be slotted straight back in. And Tony made a point of that before the Sweden game. He wanted to play players who had come in, you know, and shown something last time they played. And then the last window it had been, Gory and Cooney Cross and Chidiac, right? Like, and Chidiac obviously copped the knocks. I was a bit unlucky there, but they, they played players that had, you know, looked good and were coming off good, you know, club form and it worked. It paid dividends. Like, um, I think the formation has probably got to be here to stay, right? Because it seems to get the best out of Caitlin Ford, the best out of Sam Kerr, who both play with a lot of strong attackers at their respective clubs. Like, you're not seeing those isolated you know, isolated number nine and isolated wingers like that in the bin. I think Tony's probably said that <laughs> straight front three is probably in the bin. Um, he said as much. He's got to know his players better. They managed to get some continuity as well. Like there were a lot of injuries early in the year, but I think they just look better. I think that clean sheet against Sweden is something they can take a lot of heart from because I think there are still question marks, especially over the, the defense and how it can get a bit shaky. Um where will we see Steph Catley play? Will it be at centre-back long-term? Or will she shift left when Alana Kennedy's fit? Um, which is still a little while off. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good way to end the year. It's a really positive way to end the year, especially when you think it wasn't that long ago that we just saw you know, Kai Sarton do her knee. Ellie Carpenter's still on the comeback trail. It feels like there's some positivity to come. And, and what really excites me, as I said before, is before the next window, we've got you know a huge chunk of the A-League women's season. And then that sort of goes again between that and the and the April window. So it, it really excites me. It feels like there's going to be still competition for spots. As much as they're narrowing the focus, there's still room for, for players to come in and excel. And, yeah, Courtney Vine has to be one of the biggest positives of the year. Um, 
along with how Kara Cooney Cross has finished the year. Like Katrina Gorey has been excellent pretty much since she got brought back in. Um, but it's it's really exciting to see, uh, yeah, a Cooney Cross step up in those past couple of games. And, yeah, it, it feels like there's still so much more to come. They're still figuring out the best way to use Mary Fowler, for example, who I think had a bit of a tough time of it in that second game against Thailand. Um, not for, you know, lack of trying, but, you know, sometimes things just don't fall your way. So it's, yeah, there's so much more to improve on, but it feels like the mood is good. The players are happy. There's, you know, genuine progress being made. There's improvement with from these players. And yeah, results. I know you don't want to analyze everything purely on results, but the style of play feels better. It was taking it, you know, taking it to Sweden. That second half against Sweden was some of the best football the Matildas have played under Tony. You know, he said that first half against uh, Canada, I think in the second game was up there as well, but that's the stuff you want to see. Like, because I think if, especially if they can, this is where the Thailand game came in, if they can score early and, you know, get a lead, it's very, very hard, I think, to try and catch out the Matildas. We saw it happen with Sweden when you're chasing the game and you've got to open yourself up and you've got players like Razzo, Ford, Kerr, Vine, Cooney Cross, who are quick, who are energetic. Um, and Cooney Cross is still hunting for that first goal, but otherwise the rest they can score. So it's, um, yeah, it's a good place to be. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's it. It's a, from what looked like a pretty, you know, dismal spot and then, you know, a real roller coaster to end the season on such a high note, I think will give them so much to work on um, or to take stock from in a real platform heading into 2023, which is what you want. Uh, in terms of you, you say a platform there, I think that's also the other thing. Like I, I understand what is happening and I have a sense of the plan and um, yeah, the formation, like betting down the formation, it, it, we're at a stage where it's just like small tweaks and that is a good feeling as well. Cause I feel like at certain points in the year, it's for whatever reasons, like for example, um, the set of friendlies where they were playing, um, without the 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 best or like not the best but like the big well, the names best, the best players well, yeah. you can say the best players like it's Sam yeah, Kerr, true. Caitlin Ford, Steph Catley yeah, the best uh, yeah so without our, our best players and, and that kind of rockiness around like not seeing that consistency I, I think coming out of this year we or yeah out of 2022 um in these last couple of windows we are seeing that and that's the main important thing leading into 2023 is to be getting that all shored up now and to be seeing these positive results. And that's something Sam's talked about a lot in the past in terms of when you actually want to be riding the wave into a major tournament. Um, and when you do want to be doing that more, I guess, obvious experimentation with your squad and with the players that you're bringing in. So I just want to note as well, like, this is not about like history erasing, like the Asian cup, like a stand fully by what I said, like the Asian Cup failure, like that was not good. There were moments throughout the year that weren't good. Parts of the Canada friendly is the way goals were conceded. They all know that though. Like, And the key is they have actually worked on it. They've improved it. There's been changes. Uh, it's been interesting. I've seen a bit of discussion about the influence um, Jens Fjellstrom's had since coming on as an assistant. I've, I mean, you can put a bit of two and two together. It can only have helped to have another sort of trusted set of eyes there. And I know Steph Catley was saying the other day that, he was working quite tightly with the defence as well. So hopefully we see more of this gelling, more of this coming together and, yeah, turning, yeah, what it's as we said, it's been a big turnaround from some pretty tough results to the really good ones of the past two windows. So, yeah, hopefully it's really just 
and our progression is not linear. I'd love it to be, but hopefully it really is just onwards and upwards from here. That's been the really, I suppose, great thing in my opinion because for so long, um, I suppose, the performances and the results have been like two bars that kept fluctuating but not meeting each other. Um, So, you know, there were situations where, you know, we would get the great result against an Indonesia, for example, but it was like, okay, we beat Indonesia 18-0. Great, awesome. And then you have a situation like the games against Canada where it's, um, you know, great first half but an ultimate loss. So it feels like in these last four games, all of a sudden the performances and the results have been aligning and that's a really good place to be, to start, not just... Um, I suppose, as an indication that the last 18 months of Tony's tenure have actually been building and working towards something and it's finally starting to come to fruition. Um, but eight, nine months out from a World Cup, we're starting to see things getting better and improving. And we've said it before on this pod, you don't want to be peaking at this time before a World Cup. You want to be peaking around June, July, August, ideally, Um So the fact that we seem to have started on that and the wheels are in motion and you're hoping that an object in motion stays in motion and things only get bigger and better from here, um, that's a really, really exciting prospect. So we love to see some nice positive Tilly's takes, um, not pulling our hair out, not crying. Maybe that's me projecting, but there were a lot of tears post-Asian Cup. I'll tell you that one for free. Um, So, yeah. It's really nice to just have a little bit of of positivity and to see the obvious improvement and also a direction of where this team is going. So that's our last Matildas pod for this year. But um, there's plenty of women's football still to come. If you would like, we would highly recommend listening to our A-League Women's Preview pod, which you can listen to now uh, over on Spotify, Apple and Google and all your other pod spots over on ESPN.com.au and the app as well. Um, we, we can't wait to get straight into dub, basically. There is no rest at all. So the next time we speak to you, it will probably be post round one of the A-League Women's season. So we cannot wait and we will catch you all then. So yes.